Today on the show, singer-songwriter Eric Peters and I talk artistic insecurities, the lost art of jingle writing, and so much more on episode 41 of Who Writes This Stuff? Hey guys, and welcome to episode 41 of Who Writes This Stuff. My name is Nick Flora. Uh, I'm coming to you from my house in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is a really fun episode. Uh, my, my friend Eric Peters comes by and, uh, and, and talks some... We get real. We, uh, we get introspective. And I think, uh, and, and we actually uh, laugh a lot too. It's really fun. Fun episode. Maybe one of my favorites in recent memory. Eric and I have uh, known each other for a little bit off and on uh, just through the different uh, mutual friends that we have in Nashville, uh, one of them being uh, Andy Osenga, who comes up quite a bit on this episode. Uh, but we really kind of hit it off. Uh, we went on the Leonard the Lonely Astronaut tour with, with Andy and a full band uh, this past fall. Uh, there was a blast, and uh, that's really kind of where Eric and I bonded and got to know each other. So all in all, a good talk. I, I really hope that you guys enjoy uh, this episode and Eric's music in particular is, which is so great. So, uh, well, just to get a little bit of the uh, shopkeep out on front, up front, I think you know, a lot of you guys know this already if you listen to the show. But you can email us, uh, and by us I mean me, at who writes this stuff podcast at gmail.com. If anything discussed on this episode or previous ones grabs you in a certain way, you can shoot me a line and uh, let me know. I might read it on the show. You never know. So, uh, iTunes reviews. If you want to go to the podcast page on iTunes and leave a review of uh, what you think of the show, if you like it, it uh, leave a review. It, it definitely helps uh, let other people know who listen to similar podcasts that were here, and uh, and it's just appreciated overall. So, and also, uh, last thing, if you want to uh, donate to the show, this is a free podcast, but if you would like to uh, donate to kind of help us uh, keep going and buy more bandwidth and put out more shows, you can do so by going to the podcast blog and clicking the donate button. Uh, and I think that's the all the commercials I have right now. I do want to give a quick update. Uh, last uh, episode, I talked about um, me starting a Kickstarter campaign for a new record that I was making. And, uh, and you guys have come out in force, honestly. I'm so absolutely blown away. Uh, I, we're, at this point, we are like a little bit over a thousand dollars shy of our goal and we st- there's still like 18 17 16 something like that days left of it so it's, it's just been incredible to see people uh come behind and support uh me and my music as an artist and uh and i do not take it lightly so i'm, I'm really excited i've been writing songs and, and trying to make it the best record possible because i know that you guys are involved as well if you would like to go to nickflora.com it'll take you immediately to the kickstarter page and you can look at all the incentives and uh and the pledge tiers as it as it were uh and see uh, if there's anything on there that grabs you if you want to support um and help make this uh record happen in a very real way one of uh, a very podcast specific uh tier on the kickstarter campaign is that you get to be a guest on the show and we'll talk for a little bit about whatever you want to talk about. And if you're a band or an artist or whatever, we can talk about your music and I'll play a little bit of it on the show too. So that's, that's kind of a cool uh, way to get your music and your name out in front of a, an audience that uh, maybe isn't aware of you. I, I would definitely take that, that offer. But anyway, so thank you so much. If you did uh, help pledge on that Kickstarter campaign and I'll let you guys know uh, definitely when, when it ends and, and all the hoopla that happens around there. So anyway, I think that's all the commercials 
for the time being. I really do. I mean, I'm talking really fast because that's what I do. And also uh, because I, I want to get to this episode because it's really fun. And I think you guys, if you don't know Eric already, I think you will enjoy this conversation. He's a great guy. So um, without any further ado, here is my talk with Eric Peters. Honestly, you're one of these guys that I uh, I had heard of for a long time because you were kind of you're kind of in the Osanga, Andy Peterson, yeah. like Ben Chive crew. But he, are, are you technically like a square pegger? That's what I'm calling you guys now. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> in the square peg I, alliance. I was, thing. am, yes. Or whatever. Yeah. I guess yes. I guess it's like not defunct, but it's kind of it. It's an entity of some sort. It's an entity when it needs to be an entity. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. When so. everybody, when anybody gives a rip. Right. <laughs> like, but uh, I oh, feel yeah. like I, that started at the same time that everybody started having families, and there's just only, yeah. so, you know, it needs to be. It's a cool idea, and I feel like it helped kind of lob a bunch of you guys together for me because I only really knew yeah. like Osanga and uh, maybe like Derek Webb and a handful of other people. Yeah. So it definitely like helped me. I knew your name because you were lobbed in with it. So I guess yeah. that, that's sort of the way it was supposed to work. Yeah, but. no, totally. I mean, it, it, it definitely was a good, is a good thing. To, yeah. So did you, no, my God, that's, no, that's, that's, a, a, that's dumb a dumb question. question. Don't I'm not even going to start it. Golly, how dare you? <laughs> I was going to say like, when it, but when I'm, for some reason when I met you, <clears throat> I was somewhat intimidated by you because, uh, because you're a man. Eric Peters, you're a man. <laughs> An old man? Is that what you mean to say? No, you're a man. You like do uh, things with your hands and stuff. Oh yeah. You, like yeah. make things. Oh, that's. <clears throat> and you have like this beard, and you're just there's just something going on uh, with you. No, but the, I don't know what it was. I guess it's just because I, I guess at first you're sort of quiet, hmm. so you have this kind of quiet manliness about you. That's intimidating for me because when I like it, I don't know. I'll ask you. I'll point this to you in a second. Because we are here to talk about you, but uh, in my head, I still think I'm like a 15 year old. Like mm, I'm, <laughs> yes. like, and then that comes out a lot. Um, but really, like when I think about, so when I get around like adults, like last night I went to a like a birthday party for <clears throat> a little kid, and there were a bunch of just parents, and I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> like I felt such yeah. like a, I, I, I wanted to go hang out with the three year olds, you yes. know, just because I felt more comfortable just being silly and making noises yep. and making maybe people laugh by making noises than being like, yeah, so the fiscal cliff and, you know, it's just like, I, yep. you know. I'm the same way at birthday parties. Really? FYI. I, I kind of waffle, waver between thinking of myself as that 12-year-old kid and thinking of myself as an old, old man. So you go back and forth? There's no middle ground? I don't Keep really it. think there is. I, Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, you know, the... I mean, like in those, like exa- exactly like what you said in the birthday situation, birthday party situation, mm-hmm. or it really any social gathering for me, I feel like this, the inferior little child who doesn't really know, I have no idea how to, I feel like relate to people, yeah. <laughs> talk to people. It's such a weird, people my age. It's a weird thing to like, have the moments mm-hmm. like, like, like I had it last night, or I have it like a lot of times when I get in like a social situation that's not a lot of people, because for some reason... When it's like when I'm on stage in front of a lot of people, I 
I can, I can, I'm fine. But like when there's just maybe like a dozen, I, I forget how to say words. I just like don't know how to, I, why am I forgetting how sentences are formed? I, and I think it's a lot of it's because I psych myself out. Cause I'm like, well, I'm, I'm a fraud. I'm a, you know, I'm a fraud 15 year old kid who's scared and nerdy. Oh, and man. I like, re- I don't know why I go back to that. Like you revert. Yeah. I totally revert. Yeah. I do the same thing. I mean, I, I, uh, I, except my problem is that when I'm on stage, I still don't know who the heck I am. So I, 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 I think I'm just, just sort of weird people out probably. I saw just that. because I don't know how to, I'm not, I'm not at all comfortable on stage. Most nights that's I should really, say, I'm not at all That's really strange to me. I mean, there, there, there are moments, maybe seasons where I feel okay about being in front of people and maybe it's you know the the room and the setting and how many empty seats there are in a giant chasm of a room or right. whether it's a small intimate place those definitely bear on kind of what happens to me that night um, are you a little too overly aware oh, of your yeah. of your surroundings oh yeah just from watching you because for some reason in the van like you know, we're we're all just riffing on jokes and laughing, and you're you're so like confident so and hilarious to one another. <laughs> exactly, but I, that's that's one of the big surprises was when we got in the van, just how quickly. Well, how often you nap is one thing, but because uh, we were on that tour together, we're <laughs> just hilarious. Which, but often, you know, how you have no problem like turning almost turning into a character and like yelling, yelling at all of us, or just like tur- you know, we're all just joking and being ridiculous, and it's almost like a we needed to get it out. Yeah. Uh, just because we're we're shoved in this small space together, but it was, and then when you got on stage, like it, it seemed like you were way way uh, aware of every every little like you're almost Spider Man, like you have a Spidey sense about Ooh. like every bit of your surroundings, and uh, you almost have to shut that out. Just be like, I I just got to play some songs. I but, yeah I I, for me it's I just have to learn how to sh- stop talking because that's when I make a complete <laughs> I. I Whether or not I make a fool out of myself while singing is one thing, but the talking, the narrative part of a concert, I just well, I'll dis- fail. I disagree with that. I think I think, <laughs> <laughs> but there's some sort of there's like I don't know what it is. You know, whenever, but you know because I you you, you, oh, tend, I know. you tend to forget lyrics. But whenever like somebody <laughs> that you go and like see that you like really enjoy, like I've seen people that you know in a big area, big not arena, but like a Ryman type situation where they forget lyrics. And then they kind of have to stop and ask the crowd, like, what's that second verse? There's something, like, endearing and, like, we all, like, help steer the ship a little bit in that moment. Hmm. Uh, but there's something, uh, I think, kind of endearing about, I don't know, you you seem to think it's a giant <laughs> giant shipwreck, but yeah. uh, I don't think I don't think it's as bad as you, you huh. think it is. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Has nobody told you that before? I mean, yeah, as, I've heard that. It's not that. as I bad just... as it is in your head. Ever, oh, just period. Just on stage... Like, I think that everybody can see every flaw that is coming out. Like, oh, shoot, I sing that, or I yeah. glossed over a lyric, or I, I missed a note. And I'm like, oh, yeah. ooh, like, I just want to stop now and run. Yeah. But a lot of, you know, and after the show, people are like, that was amazing. Yeah. Well, I think I finally learned that over the years. You just have to, people are very forgiving. They're graceful for the most part, unless you're playing for junior high or high school kids. <laughs> yeah. Do you have experience with that? No, uh, well, <laughs> I, I shouldn't say that. That's sort of cynical. I mean, that's no, pretty cynical. No, it, but it's also pretty true. Just from their nature, like, you know, high school kids have a low attention span. This is true. And some of them can be a little snarky. 
Oh yeah, because so. they're gonna live forever. So why why treat anybody with respect? You suck. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, you know, you're right. Actually, you know, <laughs> they have no problem. Here's my guitar. You come up. here. I know. <laughs> Some of the worst. And 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 going back to the me 15, feeling like I'm 15. Yeah. If I if I'm in a room like I've played a couple uh, shows for like young life type kids or whatever. <clears throat> even like like juniors and seniors in high school I'm still extremely intimidated by like the stereotype uh, if there's a guy with a letter letterman jacket or there's like yeah, yeah. like the the hot girls or whatever like all yeah. those like archetypes still hold up because I'm and even though like I'm 30 <laughs> I still get completely like shut down by that and if somebody yells out something during a show like I turn back into that 15 year old and I'm and I feel like they can see like every yeah. flaw like that well we listen to that John Mulaney uh, on <laughs> we listen to that John Mulaney CD on yes. on the road and he ha- he has a bit about that where he's just like to this day like if you see like a if you see like junior high kids on the street they will they will attack you in an accurate way like they, <laughs> they can point out so your flaws true. and I, I feel like that even now when I get around like older teenagers like I can handle for some reason anybody that's younger than 15 I guess because I feel like that's such a weird thing that I never really even thought about but it's always ever present I think yeah it's so I think our insecurities are from an artist's standpoint I guess and you clearly relate to this it's just so deep you know because we don't I I, I don't know is it because we don't it's not because we don't believe in what we do or even like what the, what we've written or mm-hmm. create, so to speak. But I, I don't know what bring what brings that out. You know the what this. Uh, I, I guess artists by nature are insecure people. Yeah. Um, but it's like you're talking about. You, you said earlier that you're intimidated by me a little bit, which is just hilarious to me. And I don't. You know, I don't understand. You know, I real I recognize it. I, I very I come across across at first as very uh, sort of aloof and really quiet just because I'm really shy by nature. But quiet people tend to put off like an air of importance and reverence hmm. because me nobody ever thinks that about me because I don't <laughs> stop talking because when I get nervous I just talk a lot. Uh, <laughs> So, but when I'm not nervous, I talk a lot. So there's, you but know. you're the funniest man on earth. <laughs> I know, and, and a lot of people need to know that. <laughs> well, that's, that's why I wanted. That's why we're doing well, this right now. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Hey, thank. Yeah. Well, we'll glad, see you later. I'm glad <laughs> to affirm and edify you. <laughs> Absolutely, but there, there's that. I don't, I don't know why. I mean, I know exactly why that is because anybody who talks, you're just showing your cards constantly. Yeah. But you're not that guy. You actually have like intelligent thoughts, and uh, I feel like you have great things to say. So. Uh, but you, but you still go to that like quiet man. Yes, that's because I <laughs> don't think I have anything worth worthwhile to say, right? To contribute to. Oh, you feel like you don't. Oh yeah, it's that twelve-year-old. It's that, or maybe it's sheer wisdom in being an older man and mm. knowing that what I have to say is not worthwhile. I don't know. Yeah, that's not true. Okay, that's not true. Okay, yeah. that's not true. I don't know. I, I, I don't no, it's just interesting to me. Uh, it, it's and it's interesting that you like continue to pursue, you know, an artistic profession that like <laughs> constantly puts you in those situations. Yes. Uh, that that honestly is like one of I talk about this a lot with people. Like, Isn't that one ironic? My, one of my favorite things is the fact that we are self condemning, but yeah. we but we constantly put us, ourselves in those situations. You know, some people say, and I don't know if you hear this, but uh, you know, people say, "I thank you for being brave," and 
you know, putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know that it's bravery as much as it, as it is just, maybe it's just stubbornness to keep doing this. And it, it, it's, I, I, I can't explain the irony because it's, this is where I, I really don't like talking because I'm not coherent right now. <laughs> no, it's what totally I'm fun. about to say, it's like, okay, I just had a great idea. Oh, wait. The amazing And then you... I keep talking and it's gone. <laughs> So, so about that fiscal cliff. This is, I know, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I hear when yeah, people talk man. about that stuff. I'm just like, I, I don't have anything to contribute. I don't either. And, and sometimes I, I think it's okay to not have anything to contribute. Yeah. But I, not in my head. Like when I get in those situations, like I have to say something. So usually my thing is the joke. Like So I'll play like the joke. The guy who's like, who said, you know, when anybody's talking about sports, I don't know anything about sports. And so... Uh, whenever people talk about football and stuff like my first thing is like I'm going to form a bunch of words and make me sound like the dumb guy who's trying to act like he knows anything about sports so I call them sports games you know whatever you know whatever it is how about that ball the, the, the match <laughs> the match <laughs> did I compete in the match and yeah, I talk about their outfits yeah uniforms so I immediately turned into that guy yeah and so because I, I don't I feel like I have to contribute no matter what but talking about what you were what you were kind of mentioning before the the ironic Thing with that, I, I I think I'm gonna offer something and see what you think about. It. Please, I, I think I think I think the love of connecting with people with your art has to be greater than than the self condemning that that comes along with or the self hating. Yeah. So because I because I think about that all the time where I like I like man I really I'm really hard on myself as far as like self esteem and all this stuff goes like and if anybody like over compliments me or something i get really uncomfortable yes because i don't because i don't believe any of it uh like truly i don't believe any of it but at the same time i have no problem getting up and like or continue to like constantly book shows continually get on stage in front of i want to get on in front in stage in front of as many people as possible and share these songs that i that i'm proud of and and i think that uh i think but because i love connecting with people and i love the interaction and so I think that that love has to be a little bit more than like the fear, maybe. I don't. Know, I don't know if that's if you relate to that at all. I do. Yeah. I mean, I. I don't know. It is a certainly a love for connecting with people. I think more often it's a hope to connect with people because mm. more a show for me is. I'm terrible at gauging my own shows. I mean, you're probably terrible at reflecting on your own. Yeah. I think probably every artist thinks. Yeah. That. They get off the stage and they think, well, that sucked. Exactly. Down, you know, why did, you know, and like you get off the stage, you don't feel like you connected with a single person. And, you know, quite honestly, that's uh, uh, maybe, you know, you don't sell a single CD that night and you think, well, all right, everybody. Well, that didn't work. Yeah, everybody hated me here. Right. Uh, who do, in the hell do I think I am? Exactly. Know? I mean, that's kind of what goes yeah. through my mind. And the worst is but, when you have to go back to like a hotel room by yourself yes. and just like Sit let that stew. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I turn on sports. Oh man, that's, see, that's why people get into sports. I, that's why I turn on matches. See, oh, yeah. I like sports. Match. I yeah, enjoy yeah. sports. I'm a, I'm a sort I don't of think a weirdo. Wrong with it? No, you're not. I, I kind of feel. I, I honestly, I feel guilty that I like sports because, because you're a musician. You like sports. Yes. That's why I feel like that's more and more common these days, though. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't. I'm not a. Uh, I used. I, I, I used to be like gung ho, sort of. I mean, I grew up playing soccer. I, I love sports. Well, you yeah. know, and. But I don't live and breathe it. Uh, I don't need to live and breathe well, it. And I've I've definitely eased up in that a lot, even just the last couple of years. Just realizing, you know, because I would I'm an I grew up in L, in Louisiana. I went to LSU. I love the Tigers. Mm. You know, 
uh, football and all that. You spell go, G-E-A-U-X, is that it? Yeah. How about that? How about that? that, But how was that? Baton Rouge is hard because it doesn't know what to do. I don't feel like it knows what to do with sort of folk singer-songwriter music. If you're not playing blues... Oh, yeah. Or... Because it's the bayou... Yeah, sort of. blues are like swamp rock or just sort of college. <laughs> what is swamp rock? Swamp, I don't even know. Just sort of. Do, 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 yeah, I kind of see. Do, I see like the drum. Do. In my head, like the drummer's like playing like a whatever putty comes in, like a bucket, like a white bucket. <laughs> I don't even know what. I don't know things. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, and then they're all, but they're all wearing like overalls with like no shirt underneath. That's uh. swamp rock. And there's a there's like like there might be a, a alligator in the band, maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and a nutria on base. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like a child without reality, alive within the mirth and the mire. I want to lose myself. So I guess I tend to be pretty negative towards it at times. But I think there's a certain, you know, we just were there for the holidays. and My family and I, I was just noticing, I think maybe it's more, it's more readily noticeable to me the longer we're not living there. Just the sort of the attitude uh, and the, it's almost a, a, a lethargy of people, you know, that either can't, can't figure out what they want to do or are afraid to go do it. Mm-hmm. So they just stay put. And that was one of the, I guess, reasons we had to leave was, I mean, just wanting to spread our wings a little bit, but maybe recognizing, even though we probably didn't know it at the time, that if you stay here, you kind of languish as, as an artist. And then again, you know, the other part of my brain is telling me as I say this that, well, Eric, maybe people don't get your music or like it because you suck. You know, like <laughs> that's, that's what the yeah. other voice that's going on in my head as I as we yeah. sit here and talk about this and I gripe about Louisiana. Well, I know. Well, maybe, as, as soon as, if it was just me and you having this conversation, I don't know if that would come in. But for some reason, when you, we know that other people are going to hear this. So there, there's the, the immediate, like, yeah. you have to qualify because we all have, it's not necessarily a small-minded thought, but it's just your experience and I feel like if it comes from your experience because I have that all the time and I actually wrote a song about kind of the typical person in my small town that like is so in denial about anything else other than his little world you know and it's this guy who works at like a GameStop and he'll work there forever because he's just like we well, settle it's it's hard to push yourself and he doesn't want to do anything that's uncomfortable yeah and so he just kind of he had plans and ideas but he just decided like it's more comfortable to not do them and to focus on Xbox and 
Masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What are you, I don't know what you're talking that's my, about. That's the name of my new record. <laughs> Xbox and Masturbation. Uh, <laughs> Kickstarter. Going on now. Let's do that. Oh Let's make that happen. That's hilarious. No. Uh, but, there, but there is... But I feel like there, there is kind of... Especially in a small town, there's not as much many things to distract you. Especially pre-internet. Um, there's not as many things to distract you or shiny objects to like go towards. So you're, it's really easy just to do the same mundane thing over and over again, especially if you are of the kind of personality that loves routine, which I do. So I, you know, anybody who loves routine can get like stuck in it and just do that forever. Yeah. And like, I've, I've known people who, who still go to church because it's just routine, but they're not really getting anything out of it. Like, well, it's what, I was like, why do you go to church? Well, it's Sunday. It's what we always do on Sunday. So right. th- and that can be anything. There's comfort in routine. So, yeah. Yeah. so you're so light with. I'm so light. I don't want to. You don't want it to reverberate. I don't want to bump. Let me see what, what do I have so, this loud? What do you have that you can make noise? Besides <laughs> so, so, my voice, Tina. Hey, that's a movie reference, right? Sort of. Is that it's an an hour. I cannot. Oh, that yeah, 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 yeah. my voice. Was it Tina? I think it was like wasn't it like Norm Macdonald or somebody? Well, it was Will Ferrell. Talking to Tina and Fey. Tina, who was on, who was the anchor? That's right. I forgot who. Was wait, the wait. Anchor. Didn't she anchor at some point? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how we know who she is. Because she was just a writer. Yeah. She was like a nobody, and then oh, yeah. and then they, Lauren Michaels, put her on camera, and changed her life. Sure. So it certainly I know, did. I know a lot about that. It certainly did. It certainly did. But uh, yes, that's one certainly. of my favorite skits. Is the the Jacob somebody who can't who changes who voice. cannot change alter the mod, uh, cannot modulate I love this. that guy too so, so much and he's like there are dozens of hello, us hello Tina there are dozens of us <laughs> that's right it's a known syndrome there are dozens you're modulating too much you, it's anyway. I, I don't know how like a lot of those things that happen on, on SNL I don't know how they do it without absolutely breaking and Will Ferrell specifically is incredible at not breaking character oh, yeah. while doing that that stuff is amazing. One of my favorite. That reminded me. One of my favorite uh, weekend update characters was when Will Forte would come out. It's like the first thing I ever saw him do. <clears throat> this is like maybe ten years ago. But he would come out and and do this guy named Tim Calhoun. He was a candidate running for something, running for some office. But he would talk like this, and he had like really creepy eyes, and like really wide. And he was just like, "If you vote for me." <laughs> I will get elected. I do not he was like a slow motion robot when he and it killed me. It was amazing. Uh, will Forte. Yeah, that dude. That that dude's amazing. Miss, we miss him every day. Will Forte. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know. What are we gonna talk about next? We got. We got to keep going here. Um. Let's see. Uh, there's something I was gonna ask you. I feel like I'm all over the map. Anyway. No, I love it. I love I'm all sorry. over the map. I'm sorry. I'm very incoherent. No, this is perfect. This is why I'm terrified. I wanted this to interviews. be a conversation. This is an interview, though. This is a conversation. I mean, a podcast. Absolutely. Well, I wanted this to be as conversational as possible when I started this thing, and uh, I don't have any notes or anything. It's great because there's just no, there's oh. no reason. But I, but the more and more we hung out on that tour, on the, isn't that crazy? That tour was like four days long, <laughs> because in a way, felt really long in a bad yes. sense, but also yeah. like it it's in in a good sense, like it it flew by. Yes. I don't know. Time is what is time anyway? Time is time is time is your time. I yeah you know I. It's funny, we, you talked earlier about intimidation and knowing that I would be around you guys, because I had heard your record a year or two before oh, out okay. in Nebraska. Oh, really? A friend uh, had your CD and... Was it Laura Preston? Laura Preston. Shout out Laura Preston. Laura Preston. You Love know. Laura Preston. She's, she's the best. She is. 
And uh, she was taking me up there. She had your CD. We listened to it, and I was just I heard I'd heard of this Nick Flora guy mainly because he looked like uh, a friend of mine, Ben Shot. Absolutely. So I've um, heard that before. So anyway, it was uh, Nick Flora. Golly, I get I get to be around this guy. I'm not gonna be. And I knew you were funny, and so funny people intimidate the snot out. Really? Of oh yeah. Because we do it because we feel intimidated by everything. How about that? Everything. Everything in life intimidates. People and it's a defense mechanism. How about that? Yeah. Huh. So if you see like a really, so, if you ever if that ever happens again, that's just a good thing to keep in your head. I'll, I'll remember this. I'll hold that against funny just, people. Just make make eye. T- you don't even have to talk. Make eye contact, <laughs> and you'll freak the hell out of them. <laughs> just stare. Just yeah. Who, and the, and the, who do you think you are? And I I personally kind of love eye contact, but uh, it freaks most of them out because they don't. Are you good at making eye contact on stage? I've tried to be better. What, would you what if I try to make eye contact with somebody and they're on their phone? Or like I try, yeah. because forever I would just like pick different spots in the room yeah. that weren't people, like walls and just and kind of make my way around there. Because if I looked at people and they, it's like a fear of rejection thing. Oh, if, if I look at somebody and they're not paying attention, then I start going to those dark places that we were talking about. We're yeah. like, oh, they think I suck or whatever. So what did you do? What did I do? do you, I mean, did you sing closed eyed? Oh, a lot. Yeah. A lot of close eyes. Which, do you try to make eye contact or does it I, scare you? I try. It scares me. And I'm still very bad at it, even after years of playing. Um, yeah, it's just it's scared and intimidating. I mean, I'm, can you tell I'm easily intimidated? No. Um, I love it. I love I love this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think what's scarier to me than looking at somebody, you know, picking somebody out in the crowd and looking at them... It's scary to to look to have them look back at me, and to make eye contact, um, mm. rather than look at them and maybe they're on their phone or, you know, or whatever. Or they're talking to somebody, or they're not. Or whatever, yeah, yeah they're disengaged. Right. Um, by my amazing show. Right. How's that? Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just I'm terrible at eye contact, I, and I I don't know if it's going back to that twelve year old kid. It's like. Or, or I'm afraid that they'll finally somebody will recognize me as the fraud that I am. The I think that's who is this idiot? I mean, think he is. I think you here? just spoke a mouthful there. I I think that's a lot of it. It's, at least for me, it is. Yeah. But usually the people who do that are they're they're looking at you in like a loving way. Like, yeah. but there is that, oh, you know, that fear like yeah. they can see into my soul and they see all my imperfections or you know the stuff that I get really down on myself about. Yeah. When when you're on stage, you're already in a vulnerable position. Yeah. Because you're opening up your heart and playing these songs and singing, which is one of the most vulnerable things anybody can do. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and basically when we got on stage we're showing like, oh, we have this talent we think we have. Who do oh, we think yeah. we are? But yeah. nobody is harder on ourselves than ourselves. Yeah. So I have that all the time. Like, who yeah. do I think I am? Why it's do I sort, keep doing this? We're kind of fools. We set ourselves up for failure. I mean, you we know, do. it's like and we continually do it. Yeah. It's like Oh, I got to book. I'm going to book more shows. I love playing. And then you get up there and well, I think it has to be like both you... sides. Because when I when I'm booking my own shows, uh, which I've done for years, I kind of turn in. I, I like basically psych myself up to be this. I, I turn into like a different person, or or I I would say I, I tap into like the more like business side of, of the brain. Because I know that in like two months I'm going to want to play some shows. Yeah. And so, and but that's a different guy than the guy who who starts doing soundcheck. Like like for some reason it. Yeah. It shifts. Yeah. Uh, so I think you have to like shift back and forth. Booking is exhausting. Ugh. So do you, are worst. you more creative at night or in the morning? You used to be night. Now it's morning. Something about mornings now, like 
especially Sunday mornings, like early Sunday mornings. I think it's because it's the beginning of a, a week and there's just a lot of new beginning, which I get really excited about, like a fresh start. Like I love anything, you know, even like starting a new album. I'm like, I can do anything I want. Like I'm doing now, like I'm writing this new album and I'm like, I can say anything that I want. And there's something like rejuvenating about that. Like, yeah. you know, and that's a lot of what your record is about. Birds of Relocation plug. Uh, but I've, I've listened to it a lot and it really is like, you know, and we have friends that have been like, you know, tweeting about it and saying that it's like this new year record. Yeah. Um, because, well, you literally have a song on it called the new year, but, but, the, but it really is. It's, it's about like washing away, like all of this kind of old, old gunk and just stuff that, you know, just getting it out and, and starting, starting new, like not being bogged down by like the past year's yeah. struggles and stuff. Yeah. It's like an unburdening and yeah. just like clean slate yeah where did, where did that I, or was there an idea to make a record like that or did it just come yeah. out naturally I, no it was pretty natural I think it was coming out of a, a, a season uh, it's good but it's it was good. you know you know, it's a dark time 2000 uh, it's a couple of years 09 010 010 and uh, what was what was dark about it just um, just feeling like a failure at what I dedicated my life to music I don't know coming to grips with okay well I won't be who I you know I won't be this famous person I'm, that's pretty darn evident at this point you know and I'll be very much under the radar an artist at, well yada yada it was just sort so of coming you, to you grips you think it was like you, you thought like the, the stuff you projected for yourself career wise wasn't like clicking I, for when like the time frame that you kind of put it in it, it wasn't that I didn't like it I love always loved what I did for the most um but yeah it was more of a more of a frustration because i didn't understand i i felt like what i do is it was good i felt like the songs i wrote were good um and didn't understand why they didn't resonate more with people uh in the industry and especially you know the the record label world and yeah, the people who can help you do it what yeah. you're doing more yes yeah and put it more in front of people yeah just frustration and, and coming to grips with it and just not understanding why, you know, and just feeling like a failure at it, even though, you know, I was doing it full time and we were, I was supporting my family this way. I just felt like a failure. So it was coupled with that kind of career kind of crisis sort of moments and just some, my, my father-in-law passed away, uh, some friends had affairs, uh, and uh, and I just put out another part another part of the career portion of it was I just put out Chrome, which came out in I guess August of two thousand nine, mm-hmm. and I had no shows, but I there I couldn't book I couldn't find any shows, and I was sort of burnt out on booking. I mean, you know that it gets so easy to get burnt out on too. Yes, you get really discouraged booking. And so it was just sort of, and then I had, I had the only work I had was a, a temp job as a teacher, a sub substitute teacher for a girl going on maternity leave, and that was, and I and I I kind of had to take it because it was the only thing on the horizon, mm-hmm. and uh, man, it was a hopeless feeling time at that point. So anyway, coming to grips sort of with my depression and going on medication for that and. Going through some counseling, getting counseling. Those are that was just sort of, sort of a bleak period. Um, but coming out of that, especially going on medication, I think helped me see things a little more clearly. 
and think more clearly, especially with uh, regards to God and my relationship with him. And so that was very much sort of a crack in the sort of the darkness and just letting some light back in to my life, uh, which was huge. And so I, I'd written uh, the first song on the record I'd, uh, that I wrote was called The Old Year. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of a response to that really crummy period of time and just sort of saying, ha ha, yeah. I'm done with you. I'm, you know, I'm moving forward. And... There's so much to be thankful for and so much to be forgotten. There's no perfect secret to the things that bring us joy. Ha ha to the old year. freeze up at the idea. I get easily overwhelmed by kind of anything. And so it's just sort of this, I, you know, standing still will do, will do me no good. You know, I, I can sit here and sort of marinate in this fear, you know, and it'll just, it'll, it, fear does what it does. It just sort of, you know, ruins you in a way. And so it was just my, the response was, I'm, 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 I have to move forward. And part of that moving forward was, was writing these songs, you know, that, but they, they, they did, a, they were quite natural, I think, um, the, the songs on the record, but also just taking up new sort of endeavors or outlets, you know, painting for me was one and, uh, and just sort of using my hands and. Um, so, oh, so painting is a relatively new. Yeah. Painting is really new. Oh, me. okay. I mean, that's interesting. I feel like a lot of people don't really pick up like hobbies or interests midway through life or at all it's usually like oh this is something i've been doing since i was a kid man i wish i had been doing it since i was a kid it was just i i think it was vincent van gogh's i'd always been drawn i mean even from the moment i first saw him you know you know many years ago i was just instantly drawn to his his expressions on canvas Mm -hmm. you know and just that the the movement of the scenery and just the the globs of paint, the textures that he would leave on on his paintings, uh, that you could go up and feel it like it was sort of a, you know, a topographical map. You sure. Could feel the bumps, and the globs, and I just love that. I don't know why the colors and, and and knowing nothing about him, he was just an artist who I instantly yeah. gravitated towards. Yeah. Uh, and, and something in me, it was sort of the same with songwriting for me. Something in me was said. Hey, I want to try writing songs. So I'm going to try writing songs. And then it was the same thing with painting. It was, hey, I, I, I like looking at these paintings. I'm going to try painting my own paintings. Mm-hmm. And, and that was kind of it. It was just, okay, let's go try it. I feel like that's so rare. Like if, if I decided, hey, I want to paint, 
I would think like, well, the first like ten things I did would suck, and I don't really want to go through the suck period. Uh, so I'd yeah. just be like, yeah, well, well, I'll just stick to this thing. You know, like, I think that's anything new for me. I get so scared to try anything new, yeah. even if like nobody has to see it. Like the fact it's just enough for me to like do it, and I'm not happy with it because I'm a little bit of a perfectionist in that way yeah. that I won't even try. Like it's honestly hard to start writing songs, even still for me because first time I kind of played through an idea it's not perfect yeah yeah I was the painting thing was sort of you know I talked about we talked about uh, the fear of fears of failure and that was sort of painting was my coming back to life in a way and just saying you know damn you fear of failure you know I I may fail at this I mean I, I totally recognize remember this going through my my head at the time was, you know, I may ter- be terrible at painting, which I may, you know, it's a, sub- a subjective, subjective, objective, sure. whatever the right word is. I think it's subjective, you're right. Yeah. yeah. It's both. Thank you. It's, a, it's objective and subjective. So, you know, it was, it was that, it, I may be terrible at this, but I'm going to try it. And, you know, you, you don't do things because you think you're good at it. You do things, you invest in things that you love and that you hope to get better at. I've only been painting, gosh, really only a couple of years, maybe. I just love it, you know. What has it done for you? Like, what is I've, taking up this? You know, the main thing for me is that it doesn't involve words. That's been a key part of it for me. Is there's so much pressure with as a songwriter to write words that it it doesn't engage. It doesn't involve that part of interesting of my uh, my heart. You know, it, it sort of hits that. It itches that need to create, to make something, hopefully something pretty. Um, but it doesn't require words of me. Or like coherent thought. Yeah. Or like, is this ma- it, does this match the thing I said earlier? Yeah. Or like all these, it can this be, puzzle. It can be. Wow. It's sort of. I thought about that. It's, it, it can be abstract. It doesn't have to, make, it doesn't have to mean anything. It, it doesn't have to have intention for me. It can be this. Uh, an abstract scene it could be you know a, a benign scene you know mm-hmm. trees or a landscape sort of thing but it could be mine it could be my voice but it doesn't have to involve words or lyrics yeah unlike other art forms it doesn't have to like explain itself yes at all yeah really and I've always grappled that with that I've wrestled with that as a songwriter because uh, because I feel like the songs that I write have written over the years have tended to be sort of abstract in a way in that people don't necessarily know what I'm trying to say. Even I may not really know what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. But I, I, I've kind of, getting older, just sort of become okay with that. Because that's what art is and it does. It's, you know, art, I believe, is a two-way street. You know, it's, it's sort of, here's my presentation, here's my offering. You know, this is... Who I, this is my heart, a piece of who I am. But it's not my job to tell you what you're supposed to think about it. If you want to think about it and consider the work and let it sink in and marinate, I trust it will offer you something mm-hmm. good. But this is the year, it's the year that something changes.
I mean, some songs are are meant for that, but some you I, know, there's some pop songs that are like, yeah, it just needs to be, yeah. you know, just get, be a, get out of my dreams, get in my car. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, why can't a good song just be a good song? Yeah, you know, I mean, oh, some of my favorite songs are by Counting Crows, and I don't and I don't have a clue what. Does anybody? Saying. Yeah, I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's just uh, you can tell it's. Well, there's it's there's like craft, it's and great. there's something behind it, like the yeah. way the guy sings it. Yeah, it's man, just like, you believe oh, him. You believe him, and oh, you don't even know what he's thinking. Not a clue. Yeah, I remember man. thinking that when I was a kid. I think Counting Crows is one of the best and worst bands that like a, a budding songwriter in his teens can get into, which was one of mine. Because <laughs> yeah. like, oh, you don't have to be, you don't have to make sense to write a song. You just have to like put words together that sound kind of good. Yeah. But that's not necessarily true if there's not like feeling and heart behind yeah. it like clearly like there might be you know some kind of gross songs that are that are bullcrap but uh, like but like there's there's that album august and everything after for me was like you know it just painted all these colors and like mm-hmm. just opened up this like world and i was like yeah. oh i love the way he says this line i don't know yeah. what it means but there's just and it almost is like painting with words yeah. like honestly like i always felt like they were they were that oh he's, i don't know if you're a fan of the band enough, I, but, uh, I, I go to them all the time i mean he's wonderful at that I don't know, that you know, but the, the the painting thing for me was this new expression, a new way of exp- a, a new mode of expression. Pretty That's awesome. freeing. That's actually really inspiring. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it was just sort of you know, I I may be terrible at this, but I'm gonna try it. Uh, and what lucky if you enough didn't, that what if you didn't try it? Bought some paintings. I know. I I saw you selling them at your merch table, and I was like, "That's so cool." The fact, and then then you design like an album cover of yours or something. Yeah, Birds is a painting of mine, the, and that's Birds a, relocation. And I mean, how plug ki- too killer is that? I know. Uh, plug. I, it was something I I'd been wanting to do for a few years because I I want always wanted original art covers besides having a picture of me with a guitar slung over my back, walking or me down walking a, down a railroad, railroad track. track. <laughs> Thank you. The, I knew where you were going. The obligatory I know. railroad oh. track photo. Have you ever had that picture taken? I can proudly say no. Me either. Let's shake hands. Shake hands. For, yeah. Audible in the air. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't either. I've definitely had in front of a brick wall, which is another one. Of those. Oh yeah, oh, I've, d- I've done that. I've done a few brick walls. I've done the. Uh, I've done plenty of the. Arms you know, folded. Back against the wall and looking off into the distance. Oh yeah, always the distance. There's always something in the distance. Like what? What's what's the deal with what's you? This distance guy thinking about. Ooh, that's what it, that's what it, invo- it evokes these thoughts. My favorite is when there's a band photo and nobody's looking at <laughs> everybody's looking in a different direction. Like yes. there's a fireworks display going off in the distance. Or something. What are these guys? Are there are there uh, airplane trails? Going exactly. Like where does it go? <laughs> that's the best. There's actually I, I make I make fun of Andy because there's there's he has two normals posters up in his in his Ooh, studio yes. and there's one of him of, of all the band like it's coming to life that album which in is the really, field, yeah. really moody and they're in this field right. and everybody's kind of looking down at the ground nobody's and then the, and then they're like then it's the next record which is a little more fun and a little more like they're clearly like know who they are as yeah. artists and stuff not that coming to life is, I don't want to take away from that record at all yeah. but they're all like smiling laughing and looking straight at the camera yeah. and I, I took pictures of both and I sent it to him and I was like I think the main difference between these records was that you guys learned how to make eye contact. Oh, man. Because uh, yeah. there's such, like, a... It's just funny. I mean, it's also the time, like, the late 90s versus, like, yeah. like getting over yourself kind of yeah. in the early 2000s, maybe. I was going to ask, um, when you listen to a song, we're talking about, like, you know, the Cannon Crows thing, but when you listen to a song, what's the... What, in order of, like, importance, like, what do you listen to typically first time you hear it like do you listen are you a melody guy i'm a melody guy or are you a lyric guy i'm a melody guy really yeah i mean that's just 
if you don't have a good melody, why would I want to listen to it? Yeah. Even though the lyrics may be, you know, off the charts amazing. Right. I to me it's just all about melody. I absolutely agree. Like I, I, I go with melody first because I can love a dumb pop song. Yeah. If like it's super catchy, I'm like Heck yeah, man. Eh, it's I don't care that she's talking about you, yeah. you know, some dumb guy. Like Call Me Maybe is a freaking catchy song as I'll get out it and is. it's it might be obnoxious on repeat. But it's on repeat everywhere because it's catchy. Yeah. Um, but that song is so so 2012. So, gosh, this what is are 2013. We, this is 2013. What are we talking about? <laughs> what song? I know, right? You just literally take everything that happened in the past year and throw it out. <laughs> it's not a metaphor, Nick. Birds of Relocation is the way I live my life. I don't know anything that happened. Yet. <laughs> I, I don't know how we met. <laughs> Who are you? Why am I here? Back to the future. <laughs> exactly. And we're done. And we're done. No, we're but we're here nearing the end. This is awesome. This, oh, man. This has been so fun. Uh, I have a couple things that I, that I always talk to people about that I wanted to throw your way. Okay. You, you don't have to answer right away. Actually, I'm going to throw it, and then I want to talk to you about something else, and then we can come back to it. Wow. So, two of my favorite things to talk about. Uh, worst shows. Uh-huh. So if you have any bad show stories, yeah. I'm, I always ask people to tell bad show stories because I love them. Okay. And well, you know what? Since this has been such an episode of like talking about how we're bad and hard on ourselves, <laughs> well, let's enter some positivity into the scenario and uh, think of like best show experience too. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do the two. See what I'm doing here? Yes, I um, do. I do. Okay, so just chew on that for a second. Okay. Don't answer right away. Um, and also your fir- what your first memory of the internet was. <laughs> <laughs> because there's nothing I love more than some internet nostalgia. First internet memory, earliest internet. Earliest, memory. yeah. yeah. I, lo- uh, I love those. I okay. I honestly, it was Derek Webb. Was it really? <laughs> it was okay. So, uh, not the the year was 1996. This is in the 1900s. 1900s, the 20th century. Oh um, man. Yeah, it was 96. And we were on tour opening for Caveman's Call. And 96 is a good year to be on tour. It was a really, yeah. I mean, it was their first, well, I wouldn't say full-blown. It was their first national tour. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, Derek Webb was on the tour, of course. Because uh, he was in the band. Because he was in the band. But at my earliest memory, because internet, email, I was like, what the heck is that? Yeah. Uh, I wrote letters, yo. That's right. Post. Anyway, he was sort of obsessed with email at that point and I hope he'll admit to this but he was obsessed with it and we stayed in Baton Rouge mm-hmm. and my, my folks kind of put us up one night and my he he had to have a phone outlet phone outlet you know a phone jack like plug it into the wall like you know <laughs> AOL here yes yeah. um, just so he could check his email and I and I was like so I just kind of so did he have a laptop or something oh yeah he had a laptop okay, okay. and so um and I was, I was just kind of peeking over his shoulder, asking him questions about, so what are you doing? What is this email? What are you doing? Tell me about this. And it's a shame that 96, I mean, I was I clearly behind the curve, but that was, was my he earliest. He was like, I'm inventing Twitter. Shut yeah, up. I mean, yeah, whatever he was doing. But he, he, he was checking his email. And, but it was at every stop. He was like, he would grab his briefcase. Briefcase. And was there some other guy? First that, thing he the had to other do. guy who had email in the world was emailing him. Like I think that's so. an early time to. I don't know I, when email struck. I, 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 I it, it had been around now. longer than that, but thanks to Al Gore, name drop. I know. And Tennessee's uh, own you. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I just remember that was my earliest internet memory of 
It was really Derek Webb and his search for right. <laughs> a phone out. What was your first email address? Do you remember that? It would have been a Ridgely. It was probably Eric at Ridgely.com. Whoa, we had our own .com. We did, which is now defunct. That, that, oh, rest in peace. The email address. That, yeah. I'm, don't I, go email. No, <laughs> hey, everybody, don't email that address. I remember uh, you'll get an error, uh, Damon, whatever. Yes, Damon. <laughs> Who is Damon? Anyway? Who is that guy? Is that like, He's the guy that invented the internet with Al Gore. <laughs> Matt's brother. <laughs> but it's spelled D-A-E. Oh, yeah, you're right. So they threw that in there to throw us off the scent, but we're on it. Oh, yeah. Ron to you, Damon Mailer. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say Damon Mailer. There should be like some like SNL sketch about, about a spammer and his name is Damon Mailer. <laughs> I don't know. I remember when email first came out, like people urged you like the news and stuff when it became like Hotmail and all that stuff, AOL, to choose like a really unique, uh, you know, username that wasn't your own. So it was like, you know, that's, well, that's why there's a lot of like Hogman54, you know, <laughs> underscore, all that kind of stuff. But now everybody's just like their name at gmail.com. Yes. I think as part of our podcast, we should email hogman54 at, at Yahoo <laughs> just to see if we can get a response. I'll do it right now. Do it right I will now. literally do it. I'll just say, is anyone there? <laughs> do you exist? I have no problem with that. Hogman54. Okay, how are we spelling hog? Because there's a couple ways. Uh, I'm from Arkansas. Yeah, that's so true. H- I would think H-O-G. H-O-G. Yeah. Man. And, and I'll, I'll update everybody on the podcast uh, when it comes out. <laughs> we get a reply. Okay, Hogman54 at... I, what, I would is, say Yahoo. Let's go Yahoo. Uh, you can you could do AOL if you want to go further back in time. Oh, AOL. Anyone there? <laughs> Question mark. Sin. Oh, this email is no subject. Do you want to... What's the, what, what should the subject be? Here's a, here's a good trick. If anybody wants to get somebody to read your email, yeah. especially if you're emailing like booking agents... Uh, just put a re and a colon, and then put your subject, because they in that way they think that uh, they've already emailed you, and then it's the middle of a oh, conversation. Yeah, yes. That's a good trick. How that, about that? That's free from your uncle Nick right there. Wow. All right, we just sent it. Thanks, Uncle Nick. We'll find out what that is. All right, coming up soon. Okay, before we end it with the bad show experience, uh, yeah. I want to, if you're up for it, uh-huh. I want to share with the public uh, the impotent cop. Yes. <laughs> do we remember, Are you okay with that? Do we remember the impotent guy? I remember it because it's been stuck in my head. Oh since man, that's since, amazing! I know, and I it cracks me up every. It makes me happy. You seriously, you and Andy have given us a gift because to, to this day, like I'll text Dustin or Kevin and the other guys who are on that tour, yeah. uh, and just I can't get it up. That's all you need I to do. Can't get it up. Let's start with this. <laughs> I, but uh, no, this is your episode. I'll let you tell. Andy and I, uh, I don't remember. We were uh, on the way to do some Leonard shows this fall. 2012 that is that's right and um and we were kept talking about this jingle thing and and i guess we passed a cop oh no it was, no no you didn't no what was this she know the story there, there was a cop i have a terrible you know you know pappy, it, remember that's right you're pappy we, we never got into it but yeah. yeah uh but no the story was that, I, that you guys told us was that there was a line of cars that wouldn't on the on like a two-lane interstate that wouldn't pass yes. this cop because yes. nobody wants to pass the cop right, right even if they're going slow nobody wants because that immediately puts the cop behind you yes which is their like strike position yes so nobody would pass this cop and then finally so there's a long line of traffic finally somebody did and he didn't pull him over yep. and it might have been speeding a little bit yep. just to get past him didn't pull anybody over and then, and then everybody started doing it. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know what the conversation was in the car, but for some mean... reason he became the impotent cop yes. because he because he... he he couldn't get it. <laughs> he couldn't get his uh, his police erection up to actually like he couldn't nut up and, and pull people over. <laughs> 
which <laughs> is you. hilarious and something that can only come when you're being stuck in a car with with people for yes. people, people will understand that crammed in a, in so, a Toyota Matrix. Yeah. So you wrote this the song. We wrote the the impotent gop jingle. And how does it go? I can get it up to pull you over. I can get it up. He can get it up. I can get it up to pull you over. I can get it up. It's the impotent cop. That's incredible. <laughs> That's a gift. You give us a gift to pull you over. I can't get it up. Uh, well, I love. I think all the time, and I think I've even texted it to you randomly. Just, oh, yeah. I can't get, get it, it up. up. Just that's it. Yeah, just that's, that. that's all you need. You're welcome. And then, You're welcome, America. You're, <laughs> and literally everybody that I've told that story to, which was uh, has been a few people. Oh dear. Because I'll just sing it. And they're like, "What are you singing?" And I'll tell the story <laughs> stuck in their head, which is amazing. <laughs> I, love it. I went on a trip to Indiana with with uh, Stacy Lance, uh, who you know, and yes. we and I told her that story, and she laughed. And the rest of the trip, she's like. Dang it, Eric Peters. Because it's stuck. I, I think I've missed... I think I need to explore this side I'm, of my... I'm uh, getting a phone call from a New York number. Do you think that it's Hogman 54? Maybe it's Hogman 54. I don't, I'm you nervous got, now. Are you not going to answer? Not on the air. Oh, man. Hey, I'm this nervous. is Hogman 54. <laughs> Maybe he's a radio <laughs> DJ. <laughs> you know there's a Hogman <laughs> in, <laughs> somewhere in morning radio. 94.5. Hey, it's the Hogman and the douche. <laughs> Coming at you. Oh man, the douche. Why not? Oh, failure. I just checked the email. Oh, bounced mailer Damon. 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 <laughs> Bastard mailer Damon. He's not there. So if anybody wants the address, Hogman54 at Yahoo. It's, it's, it's available. It's available. <laughs> I might go find that just for giggles. We, the, I should make that the podcast for the, or the email for the podcast. Just, and, I, and, if, and people don't know what it is, I, they'll have to listen to this I can't wait. To get it. I, I personally cannot wait. So, Let's end the show. Uh, yeah. I, Worst onstage experience as a performer. Hit me with it. <laughs> okay. Um, the worst... The worst uh, was probably uh, in South Carolina. I won't name the town. Um, oh, man. That's bad. It, it was, a, you know, a little Christian coffeehouse show. Um, small town. And um, let's see. The First of all, the owner uh, required that I share with him, tell him my, my testimony, oh, what they call, no. like your yeah. sort of... How you came proof, to Jesus? Yes, prove to me that you're a Christian sort of conversation. Wow. And so um, so I had to do that. That was, uh, you know, whatever that was. And, uh, and then proceeded to play to a completely empty house, totally bereft of people. people really, except, like literally no one? Okay. Except for the owner... And uh, this guy and uh, whoever was uh, working the coffee. Sure. Place. The employees were there. The employees were there. And that's it. So you played to no one? I played. I played my songs for probably, I'm sure, one too many. And I mean, yeah, it was just. And, and so obviously I didn't sell anything. I didn't make any money. And the guy felt, I'm sure, sorry for me and gave me, I think, $35. And I got out of there as fast as I could and found a cheap hotel. Absolutely. On somewhere. Yeah, it was... Oh, to nobody. But th- that was that was in the early days back when it wouldn't completely break your spirit. Sure. Oh, no. <laughs> when you were so thrilled to be out playing music. Oh, just doing it, man. Oh, yeah, man. I'm living the dream. Oh, So that was early on enough that it didn't, you know, completely destroy me. That's bad. why that, like those bad shows need to happen earlier, the earlier in the career. Because yeah. if that happened now... 
first off, I've become I've come to the point where I'm like, if nobody's there on starting, or if the same amount of people are there yep. during soundcheck that are there during performance, I'm like, why don't why don't we just not do this tonight, yeah. guys? You know, or let, there's, yeah. I have no problem saying that. Yeah. Well, okay. Painful. Best best experience on stage. Let's end it on a positive. Ooh, uh, probably um, not too long ago, a few years ago in. It was a show, a show in Chicago. It was part of uh, Under the Radar. Um, Dave Trout, God bless that man. Yeah, for real. Um, he had put together a, a, a Chicago land run of shows, and it wound up being like two weeks of shows all in the Chicago area. One of the shows was at, uh, I guess, his old church. It wound up being in this tiny, tiny room, kind of in a basement. They did, they had a little PA in there, so I was up against the wall, and it was. You know, there was fifty people was a overflowing oh, room, okay. and uh, it was it was just wonderful. I think a, 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 an audience takes on a different personality when you take fifty people that would otherwise be in an empty chasm of a say a, a church like a sanctuary, theater or, sanctuary like or a yeah. theater, yeah, and you put those same fifty people in a small room and it's standing room only oh, kind it of changes a moment. it, yeah. Totally changes the personality. That's why house shows are, yes. are amazing. That's why house shows are wonderful. And people can't explain why. Unless that the house show is empty. <laughs> right. But it, it was just, it was, uh, I just, it was one of those moments where you just can, you know, everybody's hanging on every word. You, you know, you have experienced that rare moment of, I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Dude, those are the moments. Yep. They keep you going for years i know why don't why don't we go back and think about those moments when we're like harking back on why we do with this instead of like (laughs) the empty chasm of a room yeah i don't who knows let's work on that do you want to go to lunch and 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 work on it no i want to go to lunch and eat hello no thanks for dude thank you so much for doing this i from the moment that we got on that bus i was like this this is going to be a fun one. I was excited to have you on. So, finally, but I knew it had to be in 2013 oh. because you know, I'm, we're, 2012 is over. So, what's the point? I don't know if that makes Call sense. Call me maybe. Well, that's the show for this week. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you uh, enjoyed my talk with Eric and his music, please go purchase it. His newest album, Birds of Relocation, just released. Uh, it's available on iTunes or ericpeters.net. is a good place to go on the internet. And uh, he has uh, shirts that he designed himself as well as some paintings that he uh, that he painted for sale on his site as well. So, well, thanks for listening. As always, for Who Writes This Stuff, I'm Nick Flora. Go do something creative. 